Welcome to Why Though. We're your hosts, Tiffany Bloom and Ashley Abercrombie. We land somewhere in between Mother Teresa and Biggie Smalls, and we're just wondering, why though? We all have questions, from our existential crisis curiosities to our, hey girl, why your eyebrows look so good though? And we want to tackle all of those questions with you. Hey there, Why Though listeners. This October marks three years of hosting the Why Though podcast show. And Tiffany and I are so grateful for the OGs who started with us from the very beginning and every single one of you who has joined us along the way. It's been a pleasure to laugh with you, to learn with you, to think thoughtfully about the world around us and to decide who we want to be every day, how we want to show up in the world and how we want to show up in the life that we have been given. So thank you for being here with us. In honor of our three years together, we wanted to replay a little throwback Thursday for the next several weeks that allows us to play for you our most downloaded episodes. And we know that these are going to be a blessing to you. Even listening back, they are funny, they are wise, and they are full of the kind of thing you need in your life right now. So we hope this is a blessing to you. And we're so excited to continue on the journey with you here at Why Though. Welcome back to Why Though. We're very excited for this podcast this week because this one is why you need to stop making excuses for people though. I have a very long track record of making excuses for people. And I also have a very long track record of others making excuses for me. (laughs) And either way, no one is allowed to grow and change and flourish in who they are really called to be. So Mm. I really am excited about this topic today. Yeah, Ashley, do tell, darling. Tell us a little bit about the people that have made excuses for you. Give us some juicy stories. That's interesting. Absolutely. Well, I think um, I, well, here's a great story. This is a time when somebody did not make an excuse for me and it forced me to grow. I was working as a nanny in the home of a family that I still have great respect and love for, very passionate about their young family. They have three kids. They are so beautiful. And I was sitting on the couch, basically, you know, I had no money. I was in my very early 20s. I think I might have been 21, 22. No money. And I was sitting on the couch with a giant Starbucks latte. And they happened to be financial advisors. And when the husband came in, he looked to me and he was like, how much did that latte cost? And I'm like, oh, five bucks. I think about five bucks. And then he said, how often do you buy those? And I was like, I don't know, five or six days a week. And I am not a math whiz, so I will not even embarrass myself by giving you any math numbers. But he basically was like, well, that's $5 a day times this times that per month times this per year. And he was like, if you invested the money that you're spending on that latte, and in fact, money that you don't even have, then by this day, you would be a millionaire. And I was I was like, what? I mean, first of all, mind your business. <laughs> Second of all, coffee is happiness. Oh, Ashley. Ashley. Third of all, thank you very much for not allowing me to do this anymore. And now every time I would go purchase a latte, I'm like, right, this is a couple hundred bucks a month that I don't have. What am I doing with my life? And so they just sort of shattered my little bubble of pretending that everything was okay and shattered my little bubble of like, oh, pleasure is okay because I'm poor. (laughs) It's like, Mm. well, no, it isn't. If I'm ever going to get out. Like I deserve it. Exactly. Like this is the one thing I have that makes me happy. It's like, well, it's also (laughs) the one thing that's breaking your bank. So why don't you do something different? (laughs) So that's a very small one. Obviously, I have large, deeper ones that are difficult to stomach but that was a really moment where somebody just would not allow me to keep doing the thing that was killing me 
Wow. I mean, death by coffee is the way to go, if you ask me. I mean, I don't disagree with you, to be honest, but, I mean, it was really a moment at 21. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would do it. That would do it to you. Yeah. That is such a good, that's such a good, uh, that, it's like a gateway drug to what we're really talking about. It's perfect. Um, it's such a good opener because it really, but it did, didn't it? It, it forced you to yeah. be like, oh, I can't do this anymore. I can't make excuses for this. Yep. And as he watched his broke nanny come in every day <laughs> with her $5 grande latte, I could see how that could be an issue. Hey, can we just take two seconds to talk about why on earth does my almond milk latte. I'm talking like a 12 ounce people. We're not, mm. I'm not like a b- bladder buster here. Cost five fifty plus tip. I know. I'm sorry. I could go, I could go to Subway and get a foot long for that much money. <laughs> like we need to figure this out. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. I will take my business elsewhere. Coffee shop. So the truth. There is a coffee shop in my neighborhood where a vanilla latte is five seventy five before Mm-mm. tax, before tip. And I stopped Before going. tax? Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. I will not come here again. No, forget it. <laughs> you want to know what I was thinking? I'm like, how do coffee shops stay open? I mean, you're buying you're buying products that are less than $10. I'm like, oh, it's oh, because I know I'm, how. Because I go every day. Correct. And then I get there and I'm like, oh, I will have this almond croissant because I need oh, to spend another $5. <laughs> okay, people on the other end of the so internet, I guess, you like, got to know that we both love almond croissants yes. with a passion. So I if you want to send us one, we will happily send you our address because we would like <laughs> free food. So there you go. As previous, obviously, you know, we're done spending $5 on lattes. So send us some croissants. Anyway. That's right. <laughs> Put them in a freezer pack, if you will. Carry on. Okay, carry on. <laughs> oh, but really, we... Uh, we make excuses for other people. Yes. People make excuses for us. Yep. And nobody wins in the process. Right. Nobody wins in the process. It is not uh, uh, a marker of health and wholeness nope. in our lives, in our relationships. Um, and, and you know, last week we talked about quitting people, places, uh, spaces. And this week is really more about specifically on that people and why we make excuses. Where does that come from and what we can do about it? Mm-hmm. So Ashley, w- what are the kind of people we need to stop making excuses, excuses for? Ooh, arrogant people. Ooh, stop making excuses to the jugular. for them. I mean, they're, we don't have room in our lives to let people come in like a big boss of the earth. So arrogant mm-hmm. people need to be quit. Inconsiderate, rude people need to be quit when they're just inconsiderate. They don't think about anybody around them. Everything that they want, think, need, and feel is a priority over any other thing in the place. Inconsiderate people need to be quit. Greedy people need to be quit. Yeah. (laughs) Greedy. Greedy. Like want everything for themselves, hoarding up stuff, not generous, quitting those people. Those are the first three that come to mind. And so the root of all of those, we could probably agree, are pride. Yes, I would of agree Of just that. the pride of not being able to see past self yes. and value the person in front of them. Yeah. Um, and not being able to see the goodness and the life and the feelings and um, just emotions of another person. Yeah. And we all, we all have seen enough rom-coms to know, rom-coms, which, oh my goodness, I'm just going to take five seconds. This airs soon enough to say i'm still can't get over how good crazy rich asians was it's just so good best i cannot wait to see it (gasps) i still haven't seen it yet because we can't get to the movie theater that's the life we live you know what go by yourself that's what we do (laughs) i'm like i'll go by myself 
I'm smuggling my cookies. <laughs> Do it all the time. Um, Contraband. Anyway, I say all of that to say we've seen enough rom-coms to know pride is what ended the relationship, right? Yeah. The, the really pretty boy was prideful and he wouldn't value the girl. We've seen it in Bridget Jones. We've seen it in, I mean, fill in the blank. I'm sure you could think of more. more we can all think of rom-coms of our, our favorite ones that come to mind. But the truth is, is we, we are always reminded, even in media, that pride kills connection. Yeah, pride kills right. connection. Bam. And it really, uh, it robs us of being able to have uh, sacred, uh, life-giving, reciprocal relationships with people. But here's the thing where us, uh, we, we can play a, a role that enables someone with pride is just as you said, we, we dismiss and excuse their arrogance yeah. and their selfishness and their greed and their inconsiderate nature. We let them off the hook because, oh, well, they didn't mean it. Oh, well, they love us. Or, oh, well, next time they'll be really kind. Or, oh, uh, we, we just constantly give the benefit of the doubt when it does not need to be given to a person who has not proven themselves. That's right. I wholeheartedly agree. And it's not healthy for us to be making excuses for others and then how can people ever really grow like how Mm -hmm. can someone actually experience change and transformation and what it means to see other people until they're held accountable for the way that they behave and a couple of episodes ago i talked about the fight that my husband and i had over my work when i was working till midnight working around Mm -hmm. the clock and he just was like that's it i'm done no more it's not going to happen i'm not going to make excuses for you just because you're doing great work and i'm not going to make excuses for you just because this thing that you're doing really matters because this home life also matters and when he stopped making excuses for me is when i I was forced to reevaluate my life forced to ask myself really hard questions about why i was doing the things that i was doing and it forced change in the best way possible and so when we don't make excuses for others, then they have to grow and change. Um, yes. And that's, that's huge. And when we do make those excuses, there's often some interior motive. There's right. often something we think we will gain. Come on. Uh, whether it's credibility or opportunity or position or love. I think for a lot of, a lot, I mean, for women, I, I believe we're all built to love, all built to, to love others and to be loved, to receive love. And it's, it's, it's our life breath. Uh, if, if you're a woman of faith, uh, we claim that the, the love of God is what it, it's our it's our everything, and mm-hmm. and and the love from others is a mirror of that of, of that goodness and of that grace. But if it's with a person that we're making, if there is more harm than love, if there is more greed than love, if there is more uh, uh, choice words than love, mm-hmm. uh, or if there's more abuse than love. Mm-hmm. We can no longer make excuses for that person when we've got bruises on our arms, but we're like, oh, they love us. They love us. And it's like, okay, this desire to be loved and protected is is built within us. It is part of our DNA. I believe that. However, the safety and understanding that we deserve safety, uh, that we are worthy of of protection Mm -hmm. and that we are worthy of respect that in that moment, those values and those truths, I'm going to go ahead and call them some truth right there. Mm-hmm. Those trump any greed, abuse, pride, uh, negligence, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to be honest, I think for, for many women, we fear the wrath of what would happen if we don't make excuses for people. That is so true. We really do. I think that uh, we would rather cover someone else's butt than deal with the wrath 
of the person that we're trying to protect. Girl, break it off. Because it's too much. It's yes. too much. Yep. But we just as you said, we gotta break that off. Because yep. to be honest, who loses in the end? It's us. Yep. Making excuses. For I mean, just to go back to your example of you and your husband, uh, he was the one who was losing out because you're working late, right? Yes. And he and he felt like he didn't have time for you. And those things, it was it was a really honest uh, uh, conversation of realizing like you got to choose to cheat something. Is it going to be more of the work or, or me? And, and, and not, the, and again, even when it's beautiful, good, holy work, uh, yes. something has to give, but, but in the situations where, uh, we are in the position of making excuses for somebody to keep peace, mm-hmm. uh, we think we're keeping peace, but what we're doing is protecting chaos. Yes. Come on. Yeah. I think that it just, we really have to be able to see the situation for what it's, what it, what really is happening. And you know what? We can't always do that alone, Ashley. Sometimes it takes um, a mentor, a friend, yes. a pastor, or a counselor to be like, okay, they're going to hold you by the shoulders, look straight in your eyes, and say, this is not healthy. You can't make excuses yes. for this person. And, and can I just add one more thing to this? Even on a smaller level, um, I... Uh, in my life and in my world, I was making excuses for somebody who joked about women. Mm. It, uh, um, he he used his platform and and he was a good guy. I, he really is a good guy, but he made jokes about women. And um, some friends were like, oh, I don't know. I just can't hang around that person because of the jokes he makes. And I'm like, oh, he means well. He doesn't mean it like that. And then I was like, what am I saying to myself? Like, And I talked with a mentor about it. And this mentor of mine, he said... Um, those are good people who are saying that to you. Those are good, uh, uh, high caliber women who are noticing these off-color jokes. Yeah. And I said, oh, but I know his heart. Right. I know his heart. That's a classic he means line. Well. He means well, right? And I said, no, what am I doing? Like, I wouldn't want other people to, to be privileged to those jokes, nor do I. I, I don't accept these jokes. I, I, but, but, I, but I kept making excuses until I couldn't anymore. And I think that... Uh, we make excuses as it benefits us <laughs> mm-hmm. and as it protects us and as it we weigh the odds of like, oh, I'd rather protect this person than, than deal with their wrath. Um, but there comes a point when we can't make excuses anymore and we have to walk away. Yes, and I think, I don't know what it is about us. It's sort of like last, I believe it was last week, we were talking about our fear of failure. And it's like this other thing that's in us as well where we're like, oh, we're so afraid of conflict. Like, why are we so afraid of conflict? Because relationship means conflict. Like, there is tension in relationship always, and nobody's perfect. Nobody's all good, and nobody's all bad. We're somewhere in between. There are great parts of each of us, and there are bad parts of each of us. And those things need to be dealt with. And so I think sometimes our fear of conflict keeps us from telling people like, Hey, what you're doing is hurting me or what you're doing is hurting others. Or when you say this, it makes me feel like this. When you do this, this is what it means to me. Is that what you meant to communicate when you did that? Like we don't ask the hard questions. We don't hold people accountable. And it's important that we grow to a place of health where we are able to do that. And I loved what you said that it takes people around us. I mean, I am here for it. I'm here for therapy. I'm here for group therapy. 
I'm here for recovery classes. I am here for all the things that will help me become a whole person. There is no shame in that game. Like we have to keep dismantling that stigma that if you're getting help from somebody, that that means something's wrong with you. No, we all need help. We need a village, if you will. You know, they say it takes a village to raise a child. I think it, it takes a village to make a person whole. <laughs> yes. Like we need each other. We need to be surrounded by people who will affirm us in those very brave and courageous steps that we take to have difficult conversations. And I think, too, for women in the workplace, um, I know I'm opening up a can of worms here, but one of my pet peeves is this, like as a woman, always being asked to take notes in a meeting. I don't know if this happens to anybody else, but I'm like, why is no man at this table being asked to take these notes? Like, why am I, who is at the same level with the same title, being asked to take notes in a meeting? And so I think it's even little things like that. Those are those are called microaggressions, if you want to use a big term, but the mm -hmm. microaggressions that we deal with all day long as women, this expectation of us that we're supposed to do certain things because we're women. And I think that we need to stop it making excuses for that and hold one another accountable and say, hey, this, this is not my job. This is not the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. How can I help us get this done? Yes. Um, but just like stop making excuses in tiny places too. Sure. Yes. Tiny places. Let's talk about the tiny places because I think this is really, really helpful. That, that moment of, you know, being asked to take notes, but can you give other examples of those microaggressions that we make excuse for like, Oh, this is just the way it is. Oh, this is just the way this person does this. Can you give some more examples? I think that is so helpful. I think when we hear this term microaggression, um, which you and I are familiar with, but give maybe a little bit more, uh, context and examples. Cause I think this is going to be so helpful to be able to identify them and, and, and what those microaggressions do often when they go unaddressed yes. is they build so much resentment yes. and tension. Yes. And then we make excuses because we think, oh, this is the way it is. But then we're mad about it. We're mm -hmm. angry. And we're like, where's this coming from? So can you connect the dots on some, maybe just some more examples of that? Mm-hmm. Well, this doesn't, this is not a personal one because my husband and I have such a shared experience in our household like the way we run our home is very shared so I don't feel like a lot of women do the pressure to have a job cook all the meals make sure the laundry's done make sure the house is clean make sure the kids are fed make sure the lunches are packed but I do think that there's a great burden on women today to carry so much of the load in the household in addition to working <laughs> and it's like yeah. that is so unrealistic and unreasonable for people to think that um, that's that's a big place I think that women feel those microaggressions is in the home I remember our husband my husband and I were on our flight recently and he was sitting even holding the baby our baby boy and then our, our little son was in between us and the flight person leaned over the flight attendant leaned over to me and said mom when, if something was to happen on this plane, make sure you put your mask on first and then help the children. And he was like, <gasps> what am I, a freaking chopped liver? Like I'm sitting oh, right here wow. holding our baby. And so it was her assumption that if the kids were gonna get saved, if the plane crashes, mom's gonna do it. <gasps> so it, it like bothered wow. both of us. So it's little things like that. And then another one that really just drives me crazy that we deal with all the time is catcalling. Like, obviously, I live in New York. We're in Manhattan, so I'm walking everywhere that I go. But if you are a woman walking anywhere down the street, it is very difficult to, to go down the street without someone hooting and hollering out of their car or making some rude or lewd comment toward you. Um, or just even like, why can't you just say hi to me on the street? Why do you have to say hi, beautiful? Like, just 
stop, like stop doing that. Or when you're in a meeting or a coworker or a boss, even someone who has power in more power than you in the relationship makes a comment about what you're wearing or makes a comment about your hair or makes a comment about how you look. Those are all microaggressions and things where it's like, no, I'm not going to make any more excuses for that. Please do not speak to me that way. Please do not call cat, cat call me when I'm walking down the street. Please do not make comments about how I look in the workplace. You know, it's like it's time for us to stop making excuses for those things. Oh, that's just the way men are. That's just the way it is. That's just a woman's job. No, 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 no. I am not here for it. No, ma'am. No, thanks. No time. Absolutely. This idea that boys will be boys and this Ugh. idea that, oh, this is the way it is. Get used to it. And again, completely unacceptable. Um, just to add to your example, you really jogged my memory when you were just talking about even whether it be catcalling or just words in the office. Um, I remember a time when uh, uh, a coworker commented on my hair and then my clothes and then how I looked in my clothes, Ugh, how my body creepy. looked in my clothes. Gross. And I was so uh, I was so taken aback, but I was in a culture where that was so accepted that I would be prude or. Uh, or just really like, you know, stiff-necked, or I don't know what the term would be, right. but to, to say something, I would have been the one with mud on my face. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, well, how did I get here? How does this happen? Like, yep. how is this acceptable behavior? Yep. And that stuff, it just snowballs out of control, and it becomes the the grand aggressions that, you know, that we can really identify as crimes against other people. Yeah. and. And, and abuse, but it starts somewhere small. That aggression starts somewhere small. That's exactly so, right. Um, being able to say no, no longer, no more. Mm-hmm. And you know what? There has women who have gone before us who have done this so well. There's yeah. women who have paved the way, but there's still so far to go. Yes. There's still so far to go. Yes. Um, just as women who deal with microaggressions and, and, and making excuses for men, but also just unhealthy people in general, as we said from the beginning. Yes. Um, people who do not deserve the respect we are giving them. They do not deserve our excuses. Come on. That is, that is, we are giving them something that they did not earn. Yes. They did not earn that. Yep. So to stand our ground, I know that's a, that's a big ask. That's a big ask as an Ashley. We're asking people to stand their ground and not make excuses for unhealthy people. But I think some of the ways we can start doing that is identifying what boundaries do we have? Yes. What boundaries do we have? What boundaries are we going to put up in our life that people can and cannot talk to me in this way, in this tone, and in this manner? Uh, we, we can have boundaries that say, if I don't sense that I am respected, if heard, um, uh, if, if you are talking down to me or anything, being able to be like, this is not happening. This is not how you can talk to me in a nice way. We can deliver that with kindness totally. and grace. Yes. I really believe that we can. Yes. And then if, and then if let's say in a relationship, maybe a friendship or a boyfriend or whatever, uh, if it, or, or, or whoever it may be, um, we're making excuses for how somebody's treating us, even something small. For example, uh, a girlfriend calls you and is like, Hey, let's go. Um, Let's go out to a movie and dinner tonight. And you're like, oh, no, I really can't. I've got, I've, you know, I've got to put the kids down, and then i got some work i got to finish up. And you give your reason. And it's a good reason, and it's one you stand by. Like, oh, come on, just do it. So even that little pushy uh, yeah. statement, yep. that is, that is, her, that is, really stepping on you that's manipulation that's yeah. a that's manipulation and sometimes we use the word manipulation we can think of grand examples but think of those small ones like yeah, oh come on. on you're such a party pooper yep. and you're like hey no this is my boundary and you crossed it yep. 
no, this is what's happening tonight. I'm staying home. So now let's take that onto a bigger scale, shall we? So it's it's a boyfriend and he's like, oh, come on, let's do this. Or, oh, let's do that. And he's talking to you disrespectfully. Oh, yeah. you never you never make my eggs the way I like it. You never uh, roast the chicken with lemon and thyme. You know, I'm just throwing out ideas here, trying to make yeah. it nonsensical. B- right? And and you're like, hey, I'm, I'm doing my best here. Or you just suck it up and you're like, oh, I'll do better next time. No, that's making an excuse for that person. So being like, I cooked a beautiful meal. Yep. Let's enjoy it together. You toss that salad, I'll meet you at the table in two. Like, being able to have boundaries like, oh, you're not going to talk to me this way. Now, when there's a time when that uh, relationship has, has it needs to end, yeah. and you got to stop making excuses full stop, as in you're never going to be around this person again, Yeah. being able to communicate, it's I'm not walking away from this relationship. You can't respect my boundaries, therefore I have to step away because you are actually stepping away from the relationship because you can't respect the boundaries. Yes. It's so true, and we have to be able to make those hard choices. And again, back to being afraid of conflict. Sometimes they're just hard to have. I mean, sometimes we're just afraid to have a simple but difficult conversation. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be this big rebellious blow up. I think that's another thing. Sometimes we wait and wait and wait until it's just this huge thing. But communication and relationship is about, and not letting people have excuses, is about having strong conversations and friendly, good conversations all along the way. That's actually how you become whole and it's how you are in relationships that are healthy where you identify like hey when you did this it made me feel like this when you said this it made me feel like this and just being able to have those difficult conversations ask people what they meant and then for us saying what we mean and doing what we say we'll do so that we also are being accountable in the relationships that we have Mm, yes accountability I think accountability is key in this. It really is. And just as you said, checking yourself and being able to have those honest conversations. You know what? You're totally... I'm someone who's like, oh, conflict. I would rather eat something I'm allergic to. Like, (laughs) (laughs) that seems like a better option than deal with conflict. Um, But conflict, like you said, conflict is how we grow. Working through conflict is how we strengthen relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're better for it. We are better for it. So there you go. Why you need to stop making excuses for others, though. Yes, I love it. Any last words? Yes. I want to point back to one thing that you were already talking about, Tiffany, but just reminding our beautiful listeners that we love so much already that you are worth it. You are worth being in safe relationships. You are worth being in relationships where your value is esteemed. You are worth being in relationships where your strength doesn't feel like a threat to someone, where your capacity doesn't feel like you need to shrink down, but it can continue to grow and get big because you're in relationship with healthy people. You deserve that. Every single human being belongs in a community of people who will love them and who will be loved by them. And, and that's what we're all working towards. So it's worth it to stop making excuses for others. Mm, yes. Write that on your heart. Absolutely. So well said. Well, thanks for joining us and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Hey listeners, remember to subscribe and comment. It helps others to find the show. To learn more about Tiffany's writing, speaking, or books, visit tiffanybloom.com. To learn more about Ashley's writing, speaking, or books, visit ashabercrombie.org. See you next week.